Sox fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones, and we have a good show for you this week. We're going to be talking about the Ducks' uh, games on the road, uh, three of them that they played. They ended up uh, winning and losing a couple, and we'll go over those, and we'll also talk about some moves the Ducks uh, just made with uh, Wagner being sent down and uh, Lindholm finally coming back and being into action, and we'll also get to a bunch of your fan questions as well. So, um, with this week, uh, last uh, show we predicted that the Ducks would get four points, and they actually ended up getting three uh, in these matchups. Eddie, the uh, the first one going against the uh, Blue Jackets, in which the Ducks got down early in this one, uh, two nothing in the first period. They were able to come back. Ricardo, Raquel, and, and Richie both scored, but then the Ducks ended up losing this one in overtime. Eddie. Yeah, and, and it's been a kind of a surprising Columbus team this season. You know, they, they obviously beat us the first time we played them, and they've been, you know, a very good defensive team. And they've obviously they've put up in two games that the, they played this season so far. They put up eighteen goals, ten against uh, Montreal, and and eight against St. Louis the other night. So uh, they can score in bunches, and and I think it was good that the Ducks were to keep this a tight game. Uh, you know, obviously again the poor start. We remember the the poor five minutes they had against Columbus the last time they played them where they went down 4 nothing, So obviously it wasn't as bad this time. They're able to get back into it. But again, they, I mean, they go into overtime and, and they can't finish. And, and you know, it's a it's a disappointing play to lose on. Kind of a, a bad shot. Uh, you know, I guess, you know, Gibson was screened on it. It went the, went the other way and it went in. A disappointing end of the game because, you know, they fought really hard to get back into it. They, they controlled the play for, for most of the, the second half of the game there. And, you know, disappointing to only come out of that with one point. Yeah, this overtime thing has kind of been an issue. Um, it kind of goes to that theme of you know the Ducks playing you know inconsistent you know this uh, the season so far. And you remember last season the Ducks had trouble with the uh, three on three overtime. Um, so the Ducks this season have gone into overtime three times and they've dropped all three. And it's just been frustrating. I mean, you see the Ducks they they'll win the face off, they'll get the puck first, they'll get a good chance, and then something happens either either a turnover or a missed shot or, or something of that nature, and then the play goes the other way, and uh, the Ducks, you know, just end up losing. I mean, it, it's, it hasn't been Gibson's fault entirely, but, I mean, he's he's given up a couple of these uh, goals in overtime that, you know, maybe he could have uh, stopped, especially this one in Columbus. You know, he kind of went the wrong way on that play. And um, I think this is something that the Ducks need to work on, Eddie, because they're, they're just not – getting you know quality chances after they win the draw they they need to get the puck on net more uh, because with the three on three there's so much more open ice so when you do shoot that puck and it goes wide or you do cause a turnover i mean you know almost every time it's going to end up on a two-on-one or some kind of a breakaway mm-hmm. and, and they got to finish on the quality chances that they have i mean they outshot columbus 32 to 18 in this game you know buying the first five minutes of the game they they controlled this game they they've dominated in the face off they won 59 percent of them and and they just couldn't get it done. I mean, they put themselves in a hole early, and, and they had to dig themselves out of it, which, you know, obviously they scraped out a point. But, uh, again, I mean, it's similar to the game against Columbus last time where they put themselves, obviously, in an even bigger hole then. But, you know, if they want to win games, they can't do that. And, yes, they dominated for most of the game after that. But, 
you know, coming back from two nothing is hard enough, and especially against a, a a team that's so good defensively, and and they have a goalie like Sergei Bobrovsky in that who's been uh, unbelievable for them this season. I mean, it's a tough place to put uh, put yourselves in against any team, and it hurt them in this one. And and then, like you said, in overtime, they just haven't really been able to get anything going in three on three, and it's hurt them three times this season. Yeah, I mean, I think that the message for the Ducks is win in regulation, right? I mean, that's kind of the goal. I mean, it's either win in regulation or, or try to try to uh, you know outlast the other team in, in the uh, three on three overtime to get to the you know the shootout. I mean, that's just kind of the way it's been. I mean, the, the positive in this game is the Ducks did come back. You know, we did talk about this on on the show last week and how the Ducks haven't had that you know comeback kid, uh, you know. Uh, I guess theme, if you will, uh, as they've had in seasons past. So at least they did, you know, a- after going down uh, two nothing in the first five minutes uh, and change of this game, you know, they did uh, come back. So that was the good point. They did, and they did scratch out one point in this game. And uh, you know, of course, they had to go to the back-to-back scenario, and they had to play Carolina the next night, which uh, we saw Bernier come in, which wasn't really a surprise. We kind of figured in the back-to-back scenario that that's what would happen. And in this game, I mean, this was a really a dominant performance by the uh, the Kessler line. Eddie, uh, you know, Kessler and Silverberg dropping in two goals each. The Ducks built a three nothing lead in this game. Um, the Hurricanes did come back. You know, they scored a couple goals. They 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 got within one in the third period, but the Ducks were able to uh, get an empty netter there and win. And uh, this was a pretty good win all the way around. The Ducks uh, took out Carolina four to two. Yeah, and it was good for them to actually, you know, get out to that lead, I think, because it was a hard fought game. It was a close game. And you've got two of the best face off teams in the league here and they, they actually drew even at fifty percent each. So you could see the you know, the, the, the talent on both sides in, in the draw. Obviously they've got Jordan Stahl on their side too, who's one of the best uh, face off guys in the league. And he actually beat Kessler. Uh, on on the faceoff in this game, Castle was only forty five percent, but obviously you know that that line being able to do so well was was you know a key to this game. And when you don't have guys like Getzloff and, and Perry having a good night, it's important to get a line like this stepping up. And that's what we've seen in a lot of the the wins where those guys haven't been a factor. Is you get this line, you get Silverberg getting four points in this game, you get Kessler getting two goals, and that's what the Ducks need when you know they the, another team is successfully able to shut down the Twins. You know it's going to happen. There are going to be teams who are good at doing that in, at times during throughout the season. And when you can get efforts like this from the second line, you know that's what we talked about last year, being able to roll out three or four. Lines who can do damage, and then when we, uh, that I know we talked about that when they actually split up Getzloff and Perry uh, last season. But being able to, you know, have another line who can go out and do that, you know, that's why they picked up Ryan Kessler. That's why, you know, they've kept this line together for for the last two seasons because they know they can have games like this. Now, obviously, doing this on a consistent basis would be nice, but you know, when they can come out and have a big game like this, it helps. And it was a hard fought win. Yeah, and you know, you talk about the Kessler line doing so well, and and really, if you look at the Ducks, you know, this season, and you know, also uh, we'll we'll talk about the Nashville game, but you know, there's no goals in there. But up to this point, if you look at the goals scored, uh, you know, the Kessler and Getzloff line have you know gotten 24 goals uh, this season, and you look at the rest of the forwards, which obviously you know it's not necessarily set lines on the third and fourth line because Raquel wasn't there for a while, but that you know, there's only eight goals coming from the other forwards and the rest of the team. So the problem with this team is, like you said, you know you have the Kessler line, they come out do well, or the Getzoff line uh, does well and they win, but they you know they can't do it every single night. 
Um, you know, the Ducks uh, just haven't really been getting production from the bottom six, which, I mean, this team isn't really necessarily a bottom six as we've seen them kind of roll with, you know, more of three lines and then the fourth line. But if you're going to break it up that way, that's how it's been. Um, you know, Raquel's been the added punch in there. Obviously, you know, I mean, he's done outstanding getting four goals already uh, and coming back and playing. But this team, uh, if, if the top two lines are, are doing well, then, you know, they roll and have a good time and, and everything seems to go on great. And uh, also in this game, you know, Getzloff got a, an assist, which was, uh, you know, number 532, which uh, put him for the franchise lead, one ahead of uh, Tame Uslani. So that was a good milestone for him, Eddie. Yeah, and I think it was, it was a matter of time, really, before he got it. I think we all knew that he was eventually going to pass that mark as long as he was still with the Ducks. So, uh, I mean, well-deserved. He, he's, the you know, statistically, and we all know him as to be the, the best passer in, in Ducks history. He's one of the best passers in the NHL, and it's no surprise that he, he's gotten that mark now, and it's going to be a lot harder before, the, uh, before his career is over. So, I mean, it's going to be hard for anybody else to pass it eventually. I wouldn't, you know, he'll probably finish around seven hundred maybe even 800 depending on you know how many quality seasons he has in assists so it's gonna be tough to beat for anybody else who, who comes along after him you know and then he achieved another milestone he played in his 800th uh regular season game for the ducks against uh, nashville and uh well that was really the only good part about this game unfortunately the ducks uh lost this game you know five nothing uh, which was kind of a surprise. I mean, the Ducks had dominated uh, Nashville in the first meeting, six to one, and then you saw this game. Uh, nothing just really went right for the Ducks. I mean, they didn't start out poorly. I mean, they had a couple shots off the post. Um, they had six power play chances, but they just couldn't get it done there, and they they got beat for one of the rare times this season in the faceoff circle pretty badly. But you know, the first half of the game it wasn't too bad. The Ducks were only down one nothing. They had chances. Um, Rene just looked super good in this game as opposed to the first game. And I really think that was the major difference and some lucky bounces too, but, um, it's just a, a low note for the end of the road trip, Eddie. Yeah. And, and, you know, from what we've seen in most of the games this season, like you said, the ducks have dominated in the faceoff down and that's led to a lot of their goals and a lot of their success this season. So I think, you know, for the first time in a while, they haven't won, and they they got outright dominated, like you said. They they lost, you know, Nashville won fifty nine percent of the faceoffs in this game, um, and that's a big key part to their offense. And, and and they struggled with it this game, and you know they did get six power plays and couldn't cash in on, it, and that's a big problem for them as well. So you know you you can look at all those, and you can kind of piece together why they lost this game. You know, Rene was obviously very good. Um, and then just giving Nashville that many, uh, you know, chances uh, off the off the faceoff to take, you know, to come down and get uh, and get a good scoring chance on you. The, the Ducks can't really get their offense going, um, and, and that was the issue in this game. And then obviously you said a couple of bounces here and there, and then boom, it's five nothing. So I, I mean, it's a tough game. Uh, I think with Ellis scoring with three seconds left at the end of the first period, that kind of deflated them for the second. Um, and then near the end of the second, again, they, the Nationals scored three goals within five minutes, and that kind of you know blew the game out from there. So it's a tough one. Uh, I mean, you're going to have games like this. We saw this against Pittsburgh as well. Uh, these are good teams. Nationals struggle this season, but they are uh, you know a Stanley Cup favorite for a reason. Um, they can have games like this, and if you're sloppy against them, they're going to make you pay. Um, and I think the Ducks are going to at least hopefully go on from from this and learn from it and have a good game against Edmonton coming up. Yeah, I, I thought this game was a little bit of a surprise. I really thought, you know, that uh, I didn't think the Ducks were going to blow them out again. I mean, obviously, you know, Nashville wanted a little bit of payback after that last game, 
and uh, Rene was much sharper in this game. was was a large factor to it. And of course, you know the Ducks had some chances, as we mentioned, to hit the post and whatnot. Uh, it just seemed like the second period, which you know we've talked about, has been an issue for him at times. You know, you mentioned Pittsburgh, and uh, obviously this game, you know, the Ducks had some issues and uh, didn't play well. Probably, probably the two games where their second periods didn't go for him. Uh, as, as planned, but uh, the Ducks are going to have to look to rebound, like you said. Uh, we're going to get to the uh, the games coming up here um, on the homestand. Uh, they're going to have some big games coming up against Edmonton and L.A., so they're going to have to rebound from this game. Uh, I think the interesting thing about this this road trip was we saw Hampus Lindholm come back. He actually played in all three of these games, Eddie. And, you know, I'm kind of curious, what, do you, what did you think? You know, he didn't have any points. Um, he ended up just being, you know, an on-ice rating of uh, plus one. Uh, how did you feel, you know, uh, as the Ducks went one, one, and one in these uh, three contests? Um, I think he he looked good. Um, you know, obviously, you know, he he's not going to contribute offensively at the same rate that Fowler has and, and that Votnin has. You know, that's just not his style of game. Um, I, I think he looked good getting into the rush. In some place, you know, he looked like his old self getting up into the play and, and making things happen. Um, but you you know, you can kind of see the rust is still there. You know, he did obviously train with the team in Sweden, but, you know, it's a lot different than, than the NHL level. So, you know, he's he's getting his legs back, I think. You know, playing on a back-to-back, too, uh, isn't easy. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think he'll get going, and hopefully with the games coming up, you've got one on Edmonton, he's got two days of rest. you got to rest in between the game against uh, New Jersey and then two days again off before L.A. So I think he's got a lot of rest in there, a lot of practice time to get up to, to game speed and get used to how the team plays because you got to remember, too, there's a different coach, it's a different uh, team than it was last year. So he's getting used to all these things for the first time. Didn't have training camp, didn't have anything before he got on the ice uh, before the game against Columbus. So, you know, it, it will take him some time, and I think we'll eventually start to see, you know, the player we saw last year. You know, and another thing that, uh, you know, you and I talked about uh, before we recorded the show is, is the defensive pairings, too. Um, it seems kind of interesting that, you know, Lindholm comes back and, and he's not really paired up with Manson. He's he's paired up with uh, some of maybe the fan uh, uh, least favorite defensive players. I mean, what did you think? You know, uh, it's it kind of maybe hurt uh, Hampus a little bit not being back with, uh, you know, Josh Manson back there on the blue line. Yeah, I saw somebody tweet out saying that he keeps getting put on a line with boat anchors when he gets put on with VX <laughs> and, and gets put out there with, with Stoner. I, I mean, it's tough. It's it's obviously, like we said, you know, he hasn't had a lot of time to adjust to the team, to, to the, the style of play that they have this year and everything like that. So it's tough for when a guy like that, and you, you put him out with a guy like Kevin Bieksa and with a guy like Clayton Stoner, who obviously aren't bad players, are NHL defensemen, but you've kind of got to be a little bit careful, uh, more careful than you would have if you're playing with some of the other defensemen in the Ducks lineup. You know, he's got to be a little bit more, uh, more defensively responsible. He can't always get up into the rush. Um, and it's it's definitely an issue, uh, you know. Are, you should be able to play with no matter who, like any guy you're you're lined up with. I mean, we see Eric Carlson play well with Mark Mathot in in Ottawa, and that's kind of the same situation. So, arguably, he should be able to play with whoever with whoever he gets put with. But it is tough. It is tough. I, I mean, especially with the criticism towards BX and Stoner this season. You know, we would love to see him get put with with Joss Manchin again. Um, but I, I think it, time will. The time will come. He'll get his legs under him again, and, and maybe we'll see him put with either Manson or, or Vaughton in the upcoming games. Yeah, I agree, and I'm, I'm looking for the defensive pairings. Hopefully, to switch around as you know the next couple uh, uh, 
uh, you know, games come up. As you said, you know, even when I go to the games, you know, some of the fans, it's it's interesting hearing the commentary when they talk about uh, Stoner and Bieksa. But, uh, you know, another uh, move that happened uh, just today, which also drew the ire of, of fans all over, and of course, you know, us as well as we're a big fan of Chris Wagner, but uh, Chris Wagner got sent down to waivers and, uh, you know, a lot of fans are not too happy about that. I saw a bunch of tweets on there uh, today with, uh, you know, people upset and, and, you know, I understand. And, you know, I've talked to some people today trying to find out, what, you know, what's the deal, what's going on, why Wagner was sent down. And, you know, this isn't official or anything, but what some people are hearing is that because he hasn't played as well this season, uh, Carlisle descended, you know, decided to send him down. Uh, and, you know, they brought up Sarbosa uh, back uh, this you know past week as well. So it looks like, you know, he's going to be getting more of a chance um, instead. But, of course, the other issue is another fan favorite, Eddie, is, uh, you know, Bowles still up with the Ducks. So a lot of people, you know, they're not really happy with Wagner going down and Bull staying up. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I'm not a big fan of, of Jared Bull either, but... Uh, I think it's understandable that that Wagner's been sent down. You obviously had that stretch there where he got the, the I think it was back-to-back games where he scored a goal and he was looking really good. Uh, and then Raquel came back and some other guys came back and, and you know he didn't really fit in, so he got bumped down to the fourth line. And then he had you know some okay games against Arizona, Arizona and Calgary, uh, but then the last two games before the scratch just just weren't great games. He only played five minutes against Columbus, was a minus one. He played eight minutes against Carolina, was a minus one as well. Didn't generate any shots in that game. Uh, and, and just, I mean, you expect more from a guy. You know, he's not going to put up the points. He, he never has in his career. But, you know, you expect him to go out there and play with energy. And, and you know, this the last two games, he just didn't look good. You know, obviously the healthy scratch against Nashville. And, and I'm not really surprised he was sent down. Obviously, you know, it, it like you said, it, 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 strikes, it strikes a chord with fans because they want a guy like Bull to be sent down. But, you know, it, it, somebody's going to have to get sent down if you're, if you're not playing well. And they made a decision it was Wagner, and you know I, I can't really argue with it. He's he's been okay this season. He's got the two goals, but other than that, lately it just hasn't been up to par. Yeah, I feel you on what you're saying there, but then there's this thing with Bowl. Uh, you know, people, <laughs> he he, you know, okay, he has grit too. I get that, and that's what some people are saying. But the other thing that I see with Bowl is he gets in these fights. And, and, I mean, you can go back and look at the fights. He's been in four fights this season. And I have to tell you, out of four of them, he's either lost or or, or drawn, you know, in three of the four. I mean, he had the one in L.A. that was, was decent. But the other other three have not been that great. And, I mean, that's what a lot of people talk about. I, I even, uh, you know, I heard the comment that he's a punching bag, you know. I mean, that's how it's been in the fights. He's not done well. So, I mean, he's going out there and hitting people, but he's getting in fights that he's not winning. Um, he only played, you know, six minutes uh, in this last game against uh, Nashville, so he's not doing as much. So, I mean, I think that's why it's kind of hard for people to stomach it. I mean, yeah, like you said, Wagner's not a scoring threat, but at least he's got a couple goals. You know, Bowl. I mean, I, I don't know. I I, I got to go with the fans on this one and and lean more towards, uh, you know, Wagner staying up. I mean, I agree with you. I'm not I'm not surprised, but. I just don't understand what it is. I, I don't know why why Carlisle likes Bull so much. I mean, yeah, he goes out there and gets in fights, but I mean, there's got to be more to this game than that. You know what I mean, Eddie? Yeah, you, you kind of got to look at it this way too: it, is who benefits more going down to San Diego, Jared Bull or Chris Wagner? 
Uh, I mean, we all agree Chris Wagner is a better player. He he's better than he has been. He he can be better than he has been in in the last few games, and I think he benefits more from going down and playing with San Diego than sitting in the press box and not playing at all. Um, you know, obviously he was a healthy scratch against Nashville, but you know he's a younger guy. It, it doesn't help his development as a player to just sit him in the press box because he's not playing well. If he's not playing well, you know, send him send him down to San Diego. Get get him some games where he's going to play some top six minutes down there, and, and get his confidence back up. And then when he's ready and he's playing well, bring him back up and and see if we can gel him with the lineup again. And I think it just benefits more for him to do that. I mean, yes, you can send Bull down, and he can play some games uh, with San Diego, but then you've got Wagner sitting in the press box, and, and it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't really help his development as a player. So I can understand it from that aspect. We probably won't see Bull get sent down to San Diego because, you know, it, the, there's no benefit to sending him down there. It doesn't benefit San Diego. It doesn't benefit the Ducks. You've got to send him through waivers. You know, you can if you don't want to use him, just scratch him. How do they scratch him? Put him in the press box. We've seen them do that this season. So in, in that aspect, it makes sense to send Wagner down over Bull because you might as well get him down to San Diego where he can play some hockey. Yeah, my only fear is, is is the waivers. I just hope he doesn't get picked up and we go through this mess that we went through with Colorado. We have that, seen some better yeah. players get sent down recently too, though. I mean, we true, saw true. Timu Polkinen get sent down to, by waivers again by Minnesota and not get picked up. You know, you've seen Edom go back down through waivers, and he wasn't picked up again. Uh, you know, I think the only time he's ever been picked up on waivers in his career was when he got picked up after playing pretty well for the Ducks by Colorado. Didn't work out there. Got sent back down, and then we picked him up again. So I'm not too right. worried. Um, you know, you're sending him down where he has two goals this year and, and has looked all right. I No, I don't think so. Obviously, there is a worry still. You no, know, there anybody yeah. can claim him right now, but... I don't right. see it happening. I, you know, it, it like I said, the only two times it happened was after he's playing well with the Ducks, and Colorado kind of needed that type of player, and then it didn't work out there, and the Ducks grabbed him back. You don't really see it keep happening after that. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I just that's my my fear that mm -hmm. you know I, I see through a lot of the fans too as well. So obviously, you know, after you know we're recording this the day that he was sent down. So hopefully, you know, we'll have some update and that, uh, he passed through. So, um, with that, we have, you know, a bunch of fan questions to get to, uh, this week. Um, I guess the first one is kind of a good one. I mean, we've kind of talked about this, but it, you know, it changes every week with the way that the ducks do. Uh, we have Felix. He asks about, you know, what's your overall impression of the team and the players and the coaches, um, you know, so far. And if there's any surprises or disappointments, and you and I talked about the setting. We're pretty much on the same page. We're we're really not surprised or disappointed. I I mean I think we're you know this team is you know one game over five hundred. Um, we didn't think the Ducks would do as poorly you know as they did to begin last season. Uh, so they've done better in that regard. But we're not really surprised that they're not dominating uh, either. Yeah, uh, I mean you, we looked at the roster at the beginning of the season. And we we're like, well, where do we think we we think this team will make the playoffs? But they're not going to be as good as they were last year and you also have to look at the fact that they did start the season poorly i mean they started the season with two losses and they lost in overtime to the islanders and they lost to new jersey before they finally got their first win against the flyers so they started oh three and one so then you take that into account you look at the record now it's seven six and three so since that start they've been seven three and two that's a pretty good record since that yep. terrible start so it's not bad you know obviously it looks 
Warriors because the record is only 7-6-2, and two, and they've had some awful losses against Columbus and Pittsburgh and now Nashville. But other than that, they've played some pretty good hockey. Uh, for for the team that they do have assembled, you know, it, like we mentioned before too. I mean, if Getzloff and Perry, they don't have a good night. If Kessler and Selfenberg can't step up, there's not much there. You know, obviously there's Vermont and Raquel too, but that's a lot of pressure to put on those guys. So, it's not as good a team as it was last year. They're not gonna put out forty five, fifty wins unless they can string together some some amazing hockey from now to the end of the season. But they look just good enough to make the playoffs and they're going to have bad games. You know, every team has bad games. <laughs> like good teams have bad games. Montreal's lost one game in regulation uh or I think it's two now, but they they the one game they had lost at regulation <laughs> earlier, they lost 10 nothing to Columbus. And everybody still thinks they're a good team. I mean, it, it teams are going to have bad games. Every team has bad games. You know, obviously some more than others, but I think the Ducks are okay. I think they're where we expected them. You know, they're still third in the Pacific Division. They're not sitting in a wild card spot. They're sitting in third, so they're above the Kings. They're above the Flames. They're above the Coyotes. You know, so they're above the Canucks. So I think they're in a good spot right now. They've got two important games coming up, obviously against the Pacific Division leaders and. Uh, Edmonton and then the team sitting right behind them in, in the Kings. So those are big games in the standings early on in the season. So I think after that, we can kind of judge how they are, but it, it's tough. I mean, this is kind of where we expect them to be anyway. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think the team is going, you know, they're still on the upswing. Like you said, they've done better since that 0 3 and 1 start, you know, uh, winning seven, you know, uh, games after that, only losing, you know, a couple more in regulation than a couple on, you know, in the overtime. The overtime is more of a concern to, for me, which we talked about earlier. I just, uh, I'd rather them avoid that. But yeah, the way this team's going so far, I'm not really surprised. I, I kind of figured that this is the way it was going to be. Um, I, I think the only issue is, you know, getting everybody back, which now that they do, they have Raquel and Lindholm, so they got to gel together a little bit and get the chemistry going a little bit better there, which with Raquel, I don't even see that being an issue. He's already, you know, taken off and done well. But getting Lindholm in there, getting the blue line a little bit more uh, squared away, I think, uh, you know, will improve. And we'll see it this week. Obviously, got some good tests coming up. But another question, you know, and, and this is going to obviously keep popping up and probably until the trade deadline, uh, you know, uh, we have Danny that asks about trade rumors. He brings up uh, Mantra from uh, Detroit, which has kind of been an old rumor, but he brings it up. And then he asks about uh, Fowler or Botnan, you know, being traded. And you and I kind of talked about this at length uh, last time. But I, I just don't really see the Ducks doing anything at this point in time. I, I think there's too many variables out there. I think uh, the issues with Dupre still, we you know haven't gotten that figured out. Uh, Thompson coming back as well. I mean, there's there's too many things going on right now. I, I just don't see uh, the Ducks you know trading right now. Uh, not a, not a Fowler or a Botnan at least now. I mean, as the deadline gets closer. And we, we know more about the status of Thompson and Dupre, then I think that's when we can really start discussing this. Hmm, and, and there's no need to right now either. Like, there's yeah. no need to rush something that you don't have to do right now. You just got Lindholm back. You got to see how he's going to gel into the lineup. And, and, like, Thompson's not ready to come back yet. Dupre's not ready to come back yet. We don't exactly know how long he'll be out. Uh, Thompson, probably within a month or two. So you've got that much time to work out a deal that works for your team and works for the other team. And there's no point in rushing into making a bad deal just to try and move your, improve your team because you're not playing the best hockey right now. The Ducks should take as much time as they need to, to make a good trade that's going to help them this year and going to help them beyond that. 
And if that's till the trade deadline, then I'm fine with that. Uh, I mean, I'm happy with, you know, to the most part, I'm happy with the hockey they've played this season. They've had three really bad games, like we mentioned. Like, I've kind of thrown shade over the way they've played this season. But other than that, I'm kind of happy with, with how guys have produced. You know, obviously with Fowler and how well he's done. Raquel, since he's come back, stuff and Perry have been really good. So I don't think there's a need to make a, a big trade right now and stir up the lineup. Um, you know, like we said, with like, or like the question said with, with Anthony Mantha, there was rumors about him um, earlier in the season. I don't see that happening right now. And then that with Fowler Vaughn, it just doesn't just doesn't make sense to to rush into that and trade guys like that right now. You're not going to get what you want in return. You might as well wait uh, until you can find the best deal. Yeah, I agree with you 100. percent I think the Ducks should just hold off right now. Like we said, they just got everybody back, uh, getting everything gelling in. And like we said, after the first four games, they've actually played better. Yeah, they've their some of their losses have been you know kind of black eyes and and you know are unfortunate. But overall, the Ducks have been playing much better. Um, and it kind of leads to we got a whole bunch of other questions about you know um, the inconsistency of the Ducks and and the, their ability to come back and whatnot. Um, we have. Um, Devin kind of asked an interesting question. He talks about uh, Bruce Boudreau and you know talking about the attitude in the Ducks and and how they have to respond when they get scored on first. And he also talks about you know if any of this is related to Carlisle and how the team responds as well. And you know I, I think it's an interesting question, but I don't really think it matters. I, I don't think um, when a team gets scored on first, I don't think that the coaching is, is a big deal i mean yeah i mean yeah coaching is always a deal you know anytime that you're you're playing the game naturally but in this specific instance i really think it's just a team you know mentality and how they respond and like you and i've talked about it, i mean you know if you go down by a goal in the beginning i mean you know chances are, are obviously better for whoever scores first but i mean the way you respond is is based upon the team and how they play together and also, it depends on how they go down one nothing. I mean, if, if you're playing really well and the other team gets a break, then, you know, you're probably going to look at it and shrug it off and keep going. You know, if, if you uh, get scored on the first minute of a game, that's different. I mean, then you're going to be like, oh, crap, you know, we just got beat right away. So I, th- I think there's some variables in there, and I, I don't think you can just put it all on the coaches. Yeah, and, you know, the stats across the league, when you get scored on first, your chances to win are significantly lower. It's it's always been like that. It's like that for every team, not just the Ducks. So, you know, you can't really look at them and say, oh, the Ducks are terrible when they get behind a goal. Well, most teams are terrible when they get behind, you know, when they get scored on first. You, I mean, it rarely happens where you get, you know, like we mentioned before, the Ducks of two seasons ago where they can come back from any lead. It doesn't matter. They can come back and win the game or the Flames from a couple of seasons ago as well when they could do the exact same thing. That doesn't happen often. So when you get in a hole one nothing or 2 nothing early on like you did against Columbus, it's hard to dig out of it. They almost did it. They salvaged a point from it. We saw it against the Blue Jackets again when they lost 4 nothing. You you get scored on four times in five minutes. There's not much you can do. There, there's... No, it's a bad stretch of hockey by them. They played good after that, but that's a hard hole to dig yourself out of. And and like you said, it comes down to team mentality of after that. Obviously, coaching plays a big role in that, of course. But, I mean, it all depends on how you can react after getting scored on first. And some teams do it better than the others. I think the Ducks are right around average with it. And, and, and again, and, and as well, it depends on when and how that goal comes. I mean, you look at yeah. Nashville when they lost 5 nothing the other night. That goal, first goal, came with three seconds left in the first period. That's a tough one to give up. You know, you're almost there. 
You played a, a, a you know okay first period. You're about to go into the locker room tied at zero, fresh start in the second, and you get scored on. And that's a tough one to come back at. And you you know it's a tough one to come out of the the locker room in the second and, and be ready for it. And obviously you know they did okay in the beginning part of the second, but again they get scored on three times in the end. So it, it's tough. I mean I think it's the same around the league. Uh, but it's obviously it, you notice it more when it's happening to the team that you like to, to cheer for. Yeah, and I think part of it is we kind of got spoiled, Eddie. I mean, in the past, you know, the Ducks would go down one, two, three goals, and we were we were always had this you know thought in our head, hey, that, that's fine, we'll come back, you know, whatever, one goal, two goals, not a big deal. And with this team, that's just not the case. I, I think with this team, and it it seems like it's not so bad when they give up the first goal and they're down one nothing, that doesn't really seem to be too much of an issue. Like you said, every, everybody that happens, you, you give up a goal, you go down one nothing, whatever. I think it's what happens after that. It seems like it kind of snowballs a little bit. And I think that's where all these questions, um, you know, we had Braden, Kent, Joshua, they're all asking us questions about the inconsistent play with the Ducks. And I think that's what we're seeing. And, and I think a large reflection of it, um, you know, and I wrote about it on the hockey writers in this, uh, my latest article about them being inconsistent. A lot of it kind of seems more towards the second period because some of these games that are getting outplayed in the second period, or either they're the ones getting the couple goals and they're outplaying the other team. And it just seems like the Ducks build momentum one way or another, especially in the second period. That that kind of seems to be what's been going on this season. Not in all the games, as I mentioned, and then, you know, they played 16 games, but we've seen it you know, in six or seven of these games in the, in the second period where the momentum has been built by the team you know, that gets a couple in a row. So I, I, that's where I look at it. It, it. For some reason, it goes back to the second period. It's not quite like it was before when you remember when the Ducks had those terrible second periods. They're actually doing a little bit better. But it really seems to me, Eddie, is is not so much the first goal, but it's the next goal, the second goal in the game. You know, if if they go up two nothing or if they go down two nothing, that's where it kind of seems to build from there. Yeah, and, and really the the inconsistency stems from the last few games, and and it's just they've either played really well. Well, they played really bad, and they've had some even games in between there, but, you know, they started with the 6-1 win against Nashville, and then they go, oh, they're starting to build some momentum here, and then you go to Columbus and lose 4 nothing, and then you go to L.A. and you win 4 nothing there, and then you go to Pittsburgh and you lose 5-1, and then you go to you go to play Arizona and Calgary and you win 5-1 and 4-1, and then you have two okay games in between there, and then you lose 5 nothing to Nashville. So, you know, barring the two games that we had recently between Columbus and Carolina, They've either played really well or they've played really bad. And I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes with consistency. And, and you know, they've kind of got to find that even ground where they don't have to go out and score four or five goals every game without, you know, risking giving up five or four in another one. So it's, you know, it, it, I don't really know how they can work that and fix that. We've We've seen them play, obviously, two close games in between that. But, you know, when you talk about the second period, um, I think people are still trying to still trying to get over the last few seasons where they've been just awful. I mean, really, the only bad, terrible game they've had in the second period so far was the last game against Nashville, where they got scored on three times. And you look at the other games where they lost by a lot, and they lost five one um, against Pittsburgh. Well, two of those goals were scored in the first period, and two of them were scored in the third period. Yes, Pittsburgh scored one in the second, but. You know, the second period was probably the Ducks' best period for defensively. And you, and you look at the game against Columbus when they lost 4 nothing. All four of them were scored in the first period. So more so they're having issues in the, in the first period 
uh, than, than the second period this year. So, I, I mean, I think people are still drawing on that pain from the last few seasons where the Ducks go into the second period and they just give up three goals every time and, and they, you know, they end up losing the game. You know, I think more so their issue is just like we mentioned before with getting scored on first, not just one or what two times, and then trying to dig out of a two nothing hold, which is even harder uh, than than the one nothing hold. So, you know, I, I mean, I don't know really how they can fix it. They've got to come out of the gate a little bit stronger, but I don't really see second periods being an issue for them this season so far. Yeah, they've definitely gotten better. I mean, obviously this Nashville one was was probably the worst one. Uh, that happened recently um, and then the other ones they've actually done you know better like we said against you know Nashville the first time they did you know fine and then obviously Arizona and Calgary they were able to take control in those games so it's probably the first like you said 20 minutes and then sometimes it can be in the second period too it just depends I mean um, it's just been inconsistent I mean there's no real rhyme or reason uh, for this team I, I think the only thing is is you do have newer players and you do have younger players in the lineup I mean you obviously didn't have Raquel for a while in there too so some of that shifting and some of that changing has gone on you know you've had Cram Rose up in there now for a while now Sarbosa's come back up he's going to be in there too so it, it seems like to me that you know the Getzloff and Kessler lines have been the two that have been pretty consistent and it's just really the bottom six and when you have these guys that are gone, you know, Stewart, McGinn, and Perron, guys that, you know, the Ducks were able to put, um, you know, on the on the third line, so to speak, um, which, you know, last season, you know, like we talked about, and this season a little bit, they try to, you know, interchange all three. I think that's part of the issue. I, I mean, I think this team, you know, they added Vermont, and, the, and they're doing great on the face-offs, but as far as the secondary scoring, I just think that's really the issue. I mean, we've seen Cagliano do better. Um, you know, obviously Raquel's the added bump that came in, but after that, the drop off's just a little bit bigger. Yeah, and, and they're really just missing just one more creative forward, one guy who can move the puck better and put the puck in the back of that. They're just kind of missing that one extra piece. Obviously, the Cogliano Kessler Silverberg line has been good, especially uh, Kessler and Silverberg. Cogliano has been pretty good as well. He has the five goals this season. So that line's been good. And then obviously Getzlaff and Perry both leading the team with 13 points each have been great. Richie's looked pretty good uh, on, on that first line. You know, obviously physically he's been great. Um, he does, you know, he only has four points in the, in the 14 games. He's got three goals, which is still better than he did last year. So he's looked pretty good on that line. And then since Raquel's came in and played with Vermette, they've kind of worked. But they've kind of just thrown Kramer Rosa on that line. You know, I, I do like his energy on that line, but he's not going to provide points for you. And if Getzloff and Perry get shut down and if Kessler can't get it going, well, You've got only really one guy in that line who's kind of creative, and you've got Vermet who's mostly defensive. He has put up seven points, but you know it's tough after that. And then the fourth line, you're not really going to get much from Garbert or Bull, you know, or Scarbosa or Wagner. So it's tough. And then, like you said, you don't have Perron and you don't have McGinn. You, know, you don't have those guys who who are all through. You don't have you know three lines that you can roll over and. and they can all score goals. So I think they're really missing that one extra piece. And if they get that at the deadline or if they don't get it at all, maybe if uh, one guy I was hoping to see this year on, on a line with the Ducks was Cordelius, but obviously he's had his own issues with concussions. So if they could get him back and maybe try him or bring somebody up from the goals and, and see if that works in the meantime, I think that's really all they're missing right now. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think for the Ducks, in order to be more consistent, is just adding that other forward wherever it's going to be. Whether it's going to be someone that uh, you know on the team now comes up and steps forward, if it's going to be someone from the goals, or maybe it's later on. Like we said, maybe 
uh, you know, a trade deal, uh, you know, will be in the works later on. I mean, obviously the Ducks, I don't think they need to rush it, but I mean, you know, if the Ducks want to get, you know, uh, into the playoffs and go farther, yeah, they're going to need one more forward. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a, you know, a guy that's going to be dominant and score, you know, tons of goals, but you want to add a guy that, you know, maybe he's going to add, you know, maybe 10 or 15 goals um for the ducks and help out on the offense and i just think that's what they're missing i mean you know obviously they're stacked at the blue line that's not been an issue for them but that's what they're gonna have to do and uh you know whether it's gonna happen you know sooner or later we don't know hopefully i mean hopefully sooner but uh the ducks are gonna you know return home they're gonna have some big games this week um you know they're gonna be playing edmonton uh, coming up, which is, you know, they're in first place, Eddie. I mean, obviously they had a hot start and they've cooled off a little bit, but this is going to be a big game. I mean, you know, we talked about the overtime losses and the Ducks would have won those games. You know, the Ducks would be in first. So, I mean, they're right here behind Edmonton. I, I expect this one to be an entertaining game, and I think it's going to be a hard-fought battle. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game for them. I mean, the Oilers have really stepped up to the plate this year and shown everybody they're finally going to be the team that everybody expects them to be. I mean, they've lost three in a row recently. They, they lost a tough one to the Rangers the, the other night. Uh, but they're still a good team, and they've been very good on the road, too. And, and, I mean, any team is a dangerous team when you have Connor McDavid on it as well. So, you know, they've shown flashes of, of a team that can be really dominant, and then they've shown struggles where they where we expect them to show struggles uh, defensively um, for throughout this season. So, you know, it, it's going to be a, a big game for the Ducks. You know, obviously, any Pacific Division matchup uh, is big. It's a four-point game. Uh, but I think it all really comes down to if they can shut down Connor McDavid's line. Uh, I mean, he's got 19 points in 16 games. He's leading the way seven more points than the next highest guy on the team. And uh, that's a, a big driving for their offense. If the Oilers win games, it's usually because Connor McDavid's on the score sheet. So if the Ducks can shut him down... Um, obviously, it really helps out their chances to win the game. Um, and, you know, the Oilers are also getting goaltending as well from Cam Talbot. So it's a lot different team than we saw last year. You've got Lucic on there. Obviously, you got Pat Maroon and a former Ducks with a little bit more physical. So it's a tougher game than you would normally expect against the Oilers. Yeah, I expect this one to be a tough battle, like you said. And I think uh, we're going to see, you know, Lindholm and McDavid uh, battling it out a little bit there too in this contest so it's going to be a fun one for sure you know i'll be there um of course and uh we'll see what happens hopefully the ducks can you know get those two points in regulation uh you know as, as now they're chasing edmonton um the other uh, couple games that they have coming up this week they're also going to play the devils which you know kind of been a surprising team they you know they have a really good record eddie but they're you know, barely in, in the wild card race in the Eastern Conference with all these other teams, Pittsburgh, Montreal, you know, that they're they're fighting it out with. But you remember the Ducks played uh, uh, the the Devils earlier in the season. They lost 2-1, to one, and that's kind of in the story with this team. You know, they, they don't score a lot, but they don't give up a lot. So this game, uh, it might be a defensive battle again like the first meeting. Yeah, and New Jersey's been one of the best defensive teams in the in the league so far. They've only given up thirty goals, which is second uh, second best to Minnesota, who's only given up twenty eight. Um, you know, I think, like you said, it's going to be another defensive battle for them. Um, I think it's good that you know the the Ducks are going to be able to play on home ice. Um, I don't know. I think it all depends on who gets in net too. You know, um, New Jersey plays the 15th against Dallas, then they get a day off and they play us. So obviously their chances are a lot better if Corey Schneider plays in, in, in that game against us. And the odds are he probably will. He's, he's played 11 of their, their 14 games so far this season. And even when he hasn't played, 
Uh, their backup, Keith Kincaid, has actually been really, really good for them. So um, it, it's a tough game. And another game, just like the Oilers game, that you wouldn't expect to be tough when you look at last season and then you look at this season and see how well they've done. Uh, it, it's going to be a difficult one. And, you know, I think, like I said, it's, it's a bonus to be playing on uh, on home ice against a team like this. Um, and they're going to have to get out early. And, and, you know, if you can score two or three goals in this game, and I know it's tough, obviously, like I said, they're the second-best defensive team in the league, but they don't score a lot of goals. It doesn't go much on, you know, beyond Taylor Hall uh, on this team. So um, I think it's key for them to, to get out to an early lead and, and, and try and stay with that from there. And then the Ducks are going to, you know, finish up uh at least this week uh against the uh, kings which you know is going to be another uh, interesting one because the kings are you know right behind the ducks you know this pacific division you know it's it's pretty tight i mean you've got uh, arizona and calgary are, are towards the bottom but you know the other uh, five teams are only separated by you know six total points here so this one um you know the ducks obviously took it to them in the first game and the kings are going to be looking for some payback but very similar to the Ducks. I mean, their record's almost identical. I mean, they've got two more regulation uh, losses as opposed to overtime uh, losses. And uh, the goals for and against are you know, almost even, just like the Ducks. So this one, you expect it to be physical. You expect you know, the, you know, the Ducks to battle it out. I think this one, though, the Ducks will win. I, I think that, you know, of these three games, you know, they should play the Kings tough like they did the first time. And I think they will prevail in this one. I mean, I'm not saying it's automatic because, you know, these two teams, when they get together, it's always a battle. But this is a game that I think, you know, if we're looking at the three games this week, uh, this is the one that, you know, I would, uh, you know, expect and hope that the Ducks would prevail in. Yeah, and, you know, the Kings have struggled since losing Jonathan Quick. Uh, Peter Buda has done pretty good for them. He's been solid, but he's playing a huge workload right now. He's played 14 games so far this season. He started in 12 of them. Um, they play on the fifteenth, so they do. Um, oh, actually, they, I, I, yeah. So they they play, and and I believe they get a day of rest before uh, they have to play us. So Peter Budai will most likely be in for that game. So it's going to be a you know a difficult start for him. And I think you just got to get pucks to the net in, in this game. You're you're playing a guy who's normally not a starter. He's been pretty good this season, but he's got to get a lot of pucks in that and, and you know get bodies to that as well. And I think uh, you know every game against the Kings is a tough game. It's a physical game, but. Uh, you know, playing them in a Honda Center is going to be advantage. They've been pretty poor on the road. Um, and, you know, this is one everybody would like to win. Obviously, every time they play the Kings, you you want to get the win. Um, they struggle to score goals, too. So, you know, two big games this week, two big Pacific Division matchups against the Oilers and the Kings, and you would hope that they can bring up four points. Yeah, and, that, and that's kind of what I'm looking at this week. I, you know, I, I mean, obviously, we'd want them to pull out six, but, you know, being realistic here, uh, you know, I, I think the Ducks can pull out at least two of the, uh, you know, wins out of these three games. I, I, I think that they can, um, you know, like you talked about Edmonton, they're a little bit on the slide. I mean, I, I think that they can, you know, take out the Oilers, and I think the Kings as well, and then New Jersey may be a little bit of a tougher one uh, just because of the way that they play defense so well. But, you know, it's going to be a good week. You know, I'll be at all these games and uh, watch and see what happens. And I think that the Ducks, um, as long as they keep, you know, doing what they're doing, 
they should be okay. You know, I, I think like you mentioned, kind of even though the Ducks have you know seen some inconsistency in some of the games, it's it's more or less in the final score. You know, some people have seen um, you know obviously the Columbus game and and then Pittsburgh and then Nashville. You see those those big losses, but if you look at it overall, like we talked about, Eddie, you know the Ducks have done better. I mean, they've won way more of the games after you know the first four. Uh, and they played pretty well. I mean, it's n- nothing to be, you know, bad at after, you know, 0-3-1. And then you see them come out after that, go 7-3-2. and two. So the Ducks can continue on that trend. You know, they're looking good. They're still looking like a team that's going to be up there in the Pacific Division. They're still looking like a team that's going to make the playoffs. Um, it's just going to be a matter of, you know, staying healthy. And then, uh, you know, once you make the playoffs, how far can you go? Yeah, and I think it helps, too, that you've got the next five at home. Uh, you got tons of rest, no no back to backs. You know, obviously we had the two weeks where they had back to backs, Kings in, in Pittsburgh and then Columbus and Carolina. So you've got rest in between each game this week. You got two games before the Kings game. Uh, obviously next week uh, we'll talk about that in the next podcast. But you have two games between the Islanders game and the Blackhawks game, all five at home. I think it's going to be a huge advantage for them. They've played well at home this season, and like you said, they've gone seven three and one since the start of the season, and all three of those losses have been the the you know the three games we focus the most on in this podcast the three terrible games the four nothing five nothing and five one games so you know they played pretty consistently other than those three games and if they can get get on a roll here get the first game going uh, it's a huge advantage to have the the five games in a row at home here yeah and i and i think as far as the rest of the season goes i mean this is just going to we're going to have to see how it's going to be because um, you have the Sharks that are up there. Obviously, the Kings are right behind the you now the Ducks, and and as we've mentioned, the Oilers is the Ducks are going to play them too. So, I mean, it's going to be an interesting season. I, I think that these four teams are going to be fighting it out. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's early; it's still November. You know, we're only a little over a month or so into the season. But if, if you look at this Pacific Division, Eddie, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure these teams are going to flip flop spots. You know, and it, it's probably going to come down to another photo finish to the end, like it did last season. Yeah, and, and really, it looks like Arizona's not going to be a factor this year. Um, it looks like the Canucks, after starting out so well. Big surprise, they caught up to them, and they've been doing pretty bad lately. So it's going to come down to the Oilers and the Sharks and the Kings and, and the Ducks, and and that's what we kind of expected. Obviously, the Oilers are a bit of a surprise, um, and, and Calgary being so bad is also a little bit of a surprise. I thought they'd be a little bit better, but you would expect it to come down to those four teams. Um, if all four of them make it, you, you never know. It all it really comes down to how the Central Division because the Central Division has had five teams in for the for the last uh, couple seasons. So um, it, it's going to be important to to win those games, to win those big Pacific Division matchups, get those four point games under your belt. And you know the Ducks have three of them in their next six games coming up. So you know those are those are going to be three big games, and they're against the three teams we just mentioned: the the Oilers and the Kings and the Sharks. So those are the big games that, you know, they they might not look like they mean a lot early in the season, but when you, you come to the end of the season, you know, they mean a lot. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, those, those you know, Pacific Division games, those four-point games basically are, are huge, and hopefully the Ducks will prevail in this homestand against those teams. So uh, with that, you know, we'll be back next week. We'll talk about the games. If there's any more, uh, you know, movement with the team, any transactions, obviously we'll talk about it and analyze it, give you our thoughts and opinions. Uh, again, thanks for all the fan questions. They help make the show, and we'll see you in a week. Let's go, Ducks.